0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So this is the best news I've heard in a long time. A poll out by NBC. You know, uh, that bastion of right-wing values. Just kidding. Liberal leftists, of course, but the poll is very good news. Extremely good news. And points to something I've discussed often on the show how there's a generational shift that happens once in a while with these parties, parties that used to represent the little guy become the party of the big guy. The party of the big guy becomes the party of the little guy it's happening right now. And it does not bode well for the Democrats and they're really panicking over this poll. I got that. I've got my hoax busting minute. You're not going to want to miss this. One of them involves me. Um, No, I, do not wear lipstick on Fox News. Stay tuned for that one. And uh, our new producer here, Gee, is insisting that I get to the end of the show, page two. He thinks there's a video at the end of the show I have to get to. So he's like, don't you get caught up on any one story because there's video at the end of the show. What'd you think, Guy? Merrick Garland, that's really, really good. So we'll get to that. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Stand up to big tech today. Get a VPN. Don't wait. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. Um, I've also got a hilarious Washingtonian story. Tries to paint Donald Trump as some big loser and actually paints him as a hero of the little, <laughs> little guy. Not kidding. Today's show, i to my friends at Relief Band. Gosh, did this thing save my caboose? Um, as you know, I had a little bit of a health crisis, did you know that a third of Americans regularly suffer from nausea? Did you know that I was one of those? Uh, you know, going through chemo was rough. I wouldn't have got through it without relief band. This is actually mine. Relief band is the number one FDA-cleared. You can see it's definitely used. I got my money's worth out of this one. Even the screen's a little cloudy um, from me not cleaning the screen up. Relief band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband it has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with Motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangover, morning sickness, chemo, and so much more. Products 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, provides all the natural relief with zero side effects. Listen, this thing works. The technology was developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients, but now through relief Band, it's available to all of us. Here's how it works. It stimulates a nerve in the wrist right here. You see these little... uh, a a signal that sends signals right through these things right here it blocks the signal to your brain uh, sending to your stomach telling you that you're sick it blocks that signal it works the minute i turn it on see the two power buttons and the uh and the degree button on the side we turn the degree of it up relief band is the only over-the-counter wearable device that's been used in hospitals and oncology clinics to treat nausea and vomiting i'm telling you it just plain works even paula uses it when she gets a Uh, nauseous from her migraines. Ensure nausea is never the reason to miss out on life's important moments. Right now, Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for my show, Uh, listeners of my show. If you go to ReliefBand.com, use promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30-day money back guarantee. Head to ReliefBand.com. Don't forget the URL, ReliefBand.com, and use our promo code Bongino for 20% off. You're going to love it. All right, Joe, let's go. By the big... Bada-bing, and the bell is by the Rush Limbaugh bell in honor of the greatest of great ones, Rush Limbaugh. It'll yep. forever be known as the Rush Limbaugh bell from this point on. Joe and I have decided this is a dual monarchy. We are both, <laughs> actually, it's a. there's four of us, but whatever, for now. Best news I've heard in a long time, Newsmax article. See it up in the show notes today. Let's get right to it. Newsmax, NBC poll, blue-collar workers flock to the GOP under Trump by Theodore Bunker. This article will be in my show notes today, bongino.com slash newsletter. The newsletter is the show notes. Please read it because it's super important. Why is this the best news I've heard in a long time? Because the Democrats are panicking. And when the Democrats are panicking, it means we should be celebrating because something's going wrong, making the Democrats panic, right? I'm just checking. Jan, that (laughs) sounds mean. That's true. Right, Joe? If the Democrats are panicking, it means we're doing something right, or at least Trump did in this case. Folks, this happens all the time. This matters. There are, it's really not uncommon in the history of the United States to have these generational swaps where former Democrats become Republicans and former Republicans become Democrats because what they think the party stands for, swaps. I'll get to that in a second, but let's get to the meat and potatoes of the New York, of the Newsmax article, and you'll see why the Democrats are panicking because what they thought was their base, Joe, we're in it for the little guy. We're yeah. the Democrats. The, quote, little guy is starting to flip the double-barrel middle finger to the Democrats and starting to find that their allegiance lies with the Republicans instead. Fascinating. Hmm. Here are the actual numbers because data matters. Remember, this is an NBC poll. This is not a Bongino.com or Fox News poll, NBC. The poll shows that the number of blue-collar workers who identify as members of the GOP grew by 12 percentage points. Folks, that's a big deal, kind of a big deal. Since 2010, while the number who identify as Democrats fell by eight percentage points, (laughs) even bigger deal, white collar workers slightly shifted towards the Democrat Party by one percentage point. Here, it gets better, though. The number of Hispanic blue collar workers who indicate support for the GOP rose from 23 percent in 2010 to 36 percent in 2020, while support amongst black blue collar workers rose from five percent to 12 percent. For liberals, that means it more than doubled during the same time frame. GOP support from white, blue-collar workers rose from 45% to 57% in 2020. How is this, folks? How is that? How is that? It's not possible. I mean, the media and everyone's told us, right, Joe? Was, oh, the Democrats, we're in it for the little guy. We're all about the, you know, the everyday working man, dirt under the finger. My finger, nasty old finger. I, I don't man. get manicures. or I mean, these are just nasty old fingernails. See that burn? Burn got a little better, by the way. Check that out. Slowly healing, taking forever. It was like a 72 degree burn on my finger. But these are nasty old fingernails because, you know, I don't really do like manicure thingies, not my bag of donuts, but whatever's you do you. But I thought the people that have nasty fingernails like me, man, they are nasty. My God. Right. Um, I, I thought people like that, you know, like me and Joe, who right, who you know work for a living and stuff, and had real jobs in the real world. I thought we were supposed to vote Democrat. Right. I, I thought we. I, I thought we heard that that the Democrat they're they all about the little guy, the working man. It's supposed to. So how come the working man is saying double barreled, family friendly middle finger for those of you watching the Rumble Show? How come the working man is flipping him off? Why? What's going on? Well, clearly, the core identity of the Democrat Party has shifted. Their tactics have shifted. Their allegiance has shifted. And people who are not stupid, who work for a living, are starting to say what they say they are, the Democrats. If I explain this terribly as the audience ombudsman, you must stop me immediately. 10 The working man and working woman is clearly saying Hispanic workers, black workers, white workers, Asian workers, whatever they may be, they're clearly saying what the Democrats identify as, I don't identify as. Therefore, I don't identify anymore as a Democrat. Fair enough. Numbers yeah. pretty pretty clear, right? I mean, I'd yeah. make that up. It's an NBC poll. It's not my poll. So what what went wrong here? Well, folks, you see these shifts a lot because power needs power to stay in power. And the Democrats have become lazy. Democrats and their party, it's a mechanism to project power. Getting elected to a political position as a Democrat is a mechanism to project power. Power needs power to stay in power. And what are the basically two forms of power you can use to associate with, to keep power. Number one, you can use institutions. Number two, you can use the people. The Democrats are telling you and have been telling you for decades, don't worry, we're the populist party of the people. We're not in it with these big, awful, wealthy, rich people, Joe. They're the worst. They're the elites. They're the 1%. They're the rich. Forget them. Mm -hmm. We're not about them. We're about you, the little guy, the working man. Therefore, we are the populist party, populist, population, people. We are in it for you. But that's not happening. So you have two ways to stay in power, an allegiance to institutions or an allegiance to people. The Democrats are telling you they're about the people, but the people are saying we're not about the Democrats, which means what? That the Democrats have probably abandoned the people, which they have and have chosen institutions instead. Bingo, bingo. <coughs> what are the institutions the Democrats have chosen to align with while giving the double barrel middle finger to the people, the working people, who are giving the double barrel middle finger right back to the Democrats? <coughs> Excuse me. No cough button on the show. Sorry. The media, big tech, upper crust liberals who make a fortune oh yeah the rich are the party of democrats now they've chosen an allegiance to those institutions instead of an allegiance to the people and the people are waking up and saying wait 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 the democrats are the ones in bed with the silicon valley big tech elitists who are banning me on facebook even though i work for a living and entitled to my opinion that's that's not my bag of donuts i'm gonna go try these gop guys out saying wait wait the democrats are the party of the media the same media that's called me a racist uh, a homophobe, a transophobe, a xenophobe, a phobophobic, histophobic, phobophobe. That's the Democrats. Those are Democrats. Re- There's no question Brian Stelter, Chris Cuomo, Chuck Todd, Rachel Maddow, and others are Democrats. Is there Joe? No, no question, right? No. And the working man is mistakenly maybe watching these shows at night and is like, wait, wait, wait. Brian Stelter and others are are using this identity politics and Rachel Maddow and others to stigmatize me as some kind of racist. or something, that, That's not me. I, I'm, not, I'm not buying that. Ladies and gentlemen, the Democrats chose institutions. And by choosing institutions and the powerful in the media, big tech, big business, and elsewhere over you, the working man has woken up and said, you know what? The GOP may not be the answer to all my problems, but the cause of my problems looks a whole lot like the Democrats. So the number one reason you're seeing working people move over to the Republican Party is not because they're in love with Republicans. It's just they're starting to despise the Democrats as the Democrats choose cancel culture, big business and big media over them. But the second reason working class people are growing frustrated with the Democrat Party, and this is obvious if you follow politics, is the Democrats love affair with identity politics, which I have warned you repeatedly, repeatedly is cannibalistic in nature that constantly calling people racists and moving to treat people unequally based on their race, skin color, or country of origin. That's what the Democrats do, not the Republicans. The good Republicans and conservatives treat people based on, wait for it, Joe, it's a controversial idea now, I know. This is crazy. Get your Mm -hmm. nitroglycerin pills out. Conservatives, true conservatives, believe in big R, God-given rights. They believe people should be treated according to how they act and their character. I know that's a controversial thought right now. Slip those nitro pills in. I don't want you having a coronary infarction or something. (laughs) Take it easy, folks. I know you're all (laughs) shocked. Maybe we should treat people on how they treat others and how they act, not based on their skin color. That's a controversial idea right now. On the left, the left prefers identity politics where you measure people exclusively exclusively by their skin color, where they were born, what their religion is or whatever. That's a leftist idea. That's not our idea. That is inherently cannibalistic. It will eat itself alive. Why? Because eventually you try to give things to people based on their race that you have to take from others. Interesting. And once you run out of stuff to take from the, air quotes, the white people, You have to start taking things from other groups of people who are minorities themselves. And those other groups of people start to say to themselves, wait, 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 wait. I'm losing a spot in an elite college or high school, even though I worked hard and I'm a minority myself because you want to give something to other minority groups who may not have performed as well as I did. That doesn't sound fair. I'm not really for that. So now do you see why working class black and Hispanic voters and a lot of Asian voters too are starting to say this Democrat identity, politics, racist stuff. And I uh, no, 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 I'm not really down with this. You doubt me. Don't hat tip rush. I can't. I love rush. <laughs> this- not the same without them. look at this wall street journal article i picked out today reason number two working class folks are abandoning the democrats who've now chosen institutions over people in droves because they're in love with identity politics that is inherently cannibalistic wall street journal today the woke model minority myth for progressives asian american achievement is an embarrassment it is of course it is you're progressives you're racist by nature William McGurn wrote this piece. It's terrific. Two, couple screenshots from this thing. The core of the article is this. There is a public school district in Washington that has now uh, tried to forbid Asian Americans from classifying themselves as Asian Americans. They were being lumped in, Joe, with whites. Asian Americans were like, we're going to do this identity politics thing. I'm not exactly white by your own definition, Libs. Like, how 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 is that exactly? I So so let me get this straight. Again, conservatives don't care because we actually measure people shockingly by their character. I know that's a stunner to the left. Liberals are obsessed with putting everybody in boxes. You're the Asians. You're the blacks. You're the Hispanics. You're the Muslims. You're the Jews. You're the Japanese. You're the Chinese. You're the Koreans. They're obsessed with it. They're obsessed with it. It's, it's everything to them. Everything. It's nothing like to us. Everything to them. So it's weird that you want to put people in these boxes. And then when the boxes don't meet your agenda, you start to fold the boxes into new boxes. Like, no, 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 Asian-Americans aren't really Asian-Americans. They're definitely white. And the people in this Washington school district are like, uh, we are? Why is that? Why are liberals looking to do that? Well, here from the Wall Street Journal piece, the principal reason for this is the fact of Asian-American achievement. This is an embarrassment to progressives because it undermines the claim that structural racism, Joe, dooms non-white citizens to the margins of the American dream. So Asian-American achievement must either be dismissed or somehow classified as white or sacrificed at the altar of equity. (laughs) If if you're seriously pulling your hair out plug by plug right now and saying, "Ha." You should be because you're sane. If that made sense to you, you're liberal. Therefore, you must be an imbecile, because then it makes perfect sense. Yes, Asian Americans are minorities, but they can't be minorities because they're successful. And if they're successful, structural ra- structural racism, air quotes, isn't real because minorities can't succeed Joe in a system that's structurally racist. So therefore, Asian Americans must be white. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, dude. again if that makes sense oh, to you you're probably an imbecile <laughs> therefore you're probably a liberal peace goes on now you see why Asian Americans are like again I'm not sure the GOP has all the answers they, we certainly have our issues too but these Democrats certainly look like morons to me you see why Asian Americans now are like I can't get into college because I'm now classified as white because I'm successful and I worked hard and therefore I worked hard. Structural racism must not be a thing. So therefore to keep the narrative going about structural racism, you therefore have to discriminate against me as an Asian American and be racist as an argument to argue that structural racism is real. (laughs) Do you you get what I just said? Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, easily. Mm -hmm. Be racist to Asian Americans. To keep the narrative going that structural racism is real. Again, if that makes sense to you, you're probably a moron and you're probably a liberal. Makes perfect sense to liberals. Here's screenshot number two, where the Wall Street Journal McGurn discovers this and says, isn't this a little ironic? You're being racist towards Asian Americans to prove to them structural racism is real. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) it's one of the greatest pieces I've read in a long time. (laughs) Here's paragraph number two from the journal piece. Calling it progressive to send children of color the message that achievement is white is an irony lost on the woke. Bigoted laws such as the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882 or actions such as the internment of the Japanese during World War II were once thought amongst the worst stains on American history left by anti-Asian racism. But these days, the characterization of Asian Americans as the model minority triggers the woke. That's a nice, eloquent, fancier way of saying what I just told you. Isn't it kind of ironic that progressives don't see the irony in acting in a racist manner against Asian Americans as a way to prove that structural racism is in fact real? But again, if you believe that, you have neurons and dendrites that just don't really connect. Your neurotransmitters, there's some blockade there. Your receptors are full of something. And it's not neurotransmitters. You know, I saw this summed up on a social media post by the great Steve Dace this morning, a brilliant guy in his own right. He does a show over at the Blaze TV where he tweeted this very simply. There was a guy named Pedro Gonzalez who he subtweeted him. And Pedro said um, something I agree with. He says, I have zero respect for people who subscribe to the concept of white guilt or white fragility. There is not a lower type of person in society. Pedro is obviously Hispanic. He says, and as a brown man, I find it pathetic and perverse when people try to shop these things to us. Steve Dace replied, who happens to be, White, which, of course, is the only thing that matters to the left. Steve Dace replied, I don't have any white guilt for the same reason I have no white pride. I'm not a racist. Beautiful. He's absolutely right. I have pride and I have guilt and anxiety and joy and all of these emotions revolved around experiences with others, my kids, activities in my own life. It has nothing to do with race because I'm not a racist. All right, let me get to my second sponsor. And I got my hoax hoax busting minute. Folks, I'm really, I, I'm getting a little, sorry, a little tired, not with you, but um, some people out there who fall for the silliest of hoaxes. And I'm going to spend a minute busting a few. One of them's kind of hilarious. One of them's just like, how many times am I going to have to crack this thing? I, you'll you'll see what I mean in a minute. Don't go anywhere. All right, today's show brought to you by friends at yourself. Dry, irritated, red blotchy skin all over your face. It won't go away. You struggling with stress breakouts and uneven skin tone? All gone thanks to Zotique Deep Correcting Serum by Chamonix. Thank you, Chamonix, for sending a bag. My mother-in-law loves that stuff. Got to get that over to her. Uh, I, here's uh, here's Catherine from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Excuse me. She said, I'm a doctor working on the front lines of this COVID pandemic, and the endless face mask wearing ruined my face. Use several other products without success until Chamonix. The promises are real. Very quickly, my face seems on the mend. These products have started healing and the uh, healing the mass creases. Thank you, all caps. So Teek uses the power of liposomal technology to uh, to deliver the healing, rejuvenating powers of vitamin C to the deepest layers of your skin for results you can see again. A huge favorite in my house with my wife and mother-in-law. And it's yours free today with your order of yourself for bags and puffiness. How do you get this great offer? Go to GenuCell.com and enter my promo code. We love promo codes, Dan40. That's Dan40 at checkout for an extra special discount. That's GenuCell.com, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. Order today. Get the classic GenuCell jawline treatment and luxurious GenuCell XV anti-wrinkle moisturizer free with your order. Nice. Every order is upgraded to free. Priority shipping. Don't wait. Order now. GenuCell.com, GenuCell.com. That's GenuCell.com. Promo code Dan40 at checkout. Go today. All right, thanks, Jenny. So here's my hoax-busting minute, and uh, let's see if I can do this in a minute. So, um, folks, no, I do not wear lipstick on Fox News. Uh, please go to Rumble.com, watch the video version of the show today. You'll see what I'm talking about. Here is a screenshot from my appearance Friday with the great Rachel Campos Duffy on the 7 o'clock show. She was guest hosting. Um, this is an actual screenshot of my appearance. You'll notice uh, the color is... <laughs> Looks like I have pink lipstick on and a purple sky in the background from like the Tom Cruise movie, Vanilla Sky. Um, no, I do not wear lipstick on Fox. I got about 500 emails. Dan, your makeup artist, they were embarrassing you on Fox. They put pink lipstick on. Um, they didn't. What happened, folks, is the white balance failed. Uh, there's the photo right there. You can see it. It does look pretty atrocious. Paula's like, did that really go on the air? I'm like, At the sad part is it was a great segment that got totally overshadowed. self praise thinks I know. But got totally overshadowed by the lipstick shot. Um, no, I don't wear lipstick. The white balance was completely thrown off. We've now fixed it. Um, so just to show you, here was an, uh, me, I think, last night. Uh, here's another screenshot. You'll see this is when the white balance there actually yeah. works. And uh, yeah, thank you, Joe. <laughs> sees it right there. You'll see the the magical Lipstick has gone away. I do not wear lipstick on Fox, so that's hoax busting number one. Just kind of a funny thing, but we did get a lot of emails about. Here's hoax story number two. I'm getting really tired of. I'll have more to say about Parler um, tomorrow and the next day. I'm trust me. I'm not. There's a reason. Story national file yesterday, folks. By I don't know Jack Hadfield. National file. Here we go. Parler's new CEO wants a convention that would let George Soros rewrite the Constitution. Oh. Gosh, ladies and gentlemen, I probably got, again, close to a thousand emails about this story just on Parler. I do not have any relationship with the new CEO. I don't know him. I've never met him in my life. I have no relationship with the Convention of States. Having said that, a lot of conservatives support the Convention of States. A lot of the conservatives who listen to the show support the Convention of States project because I get emails about it all the time. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on here? Just quickly, because I don't want to dwell on this a lot. Again, I'll have more to say about Parler in the coming shows. Whenever Parler has a modicum of success, you're going to notice this. If you listen to my show, you'll see it now. Someone, it's a competitor. He's a very insecure, childish, immature buffoon. He's a competitor of Parler. You know who it is, too. It's the CEO of the company. He's a total clown. Um, and he's the most unethical guy, one of them I've ever dealt with in my life. Believe me, there's a lot of things out there you don't know. Whenever Parler has even a little bit of success, like getting back online, you will notice a story about Parlour being owned by George Soros, operated by George Soros. George Soros' DNA was inserted into Parlor users. George Soros is beaming ESP like extrasensory perception mind waves into the parlor management. It appears every time Parler, it's a scam. Every time Parler has some degree of success. It's a scam run by an unethical competitor who sadly people fall for it. You don't believe me? Some lady emailed me. I canceled my parlor account. I didn't know you guys were associated with George Soros. I responded back. I'm very sorry you did that. Sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Stupid story. It's obviously ridiculous on its face. Finally, one quick thank you. Uh, The Triton rankings came out. You've pushed us up a spot in the top 10 national rankings of podcasts from number nine to number eight, because you're the best audience around. Thank you so much. And that you've got to applause. I just promise you, although my relationship with Parler, I'm not a manager there. Um, I'm just an investor. I do not get involved with people ever who are involved with George Soros. I thought that was obvious. Okay, moving on to serious news. That ho- hoax busting, two minutes, three minutes, maybe when it's over. God bless Clarence Thomas. <laughs> Is there anyone better? Has there been anyone better in the modern history of the Supreme Court? Just ask you. Anyone, anyone? Alito's great. I love Alito. Gorsuch has his moments. Gavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett have been total disappointments this point. Amy Coney Barrett's been a disaster. Um, uh, Brett Kavanaugh hasn't been much better recently. But Clarence Thomas is a rock. I mean, this guy is a rock, a stud every time. He's one of the few guys on the Supreme Court who actually believes in this crazy thing, Joe, called the Constitution. So what happened? Mm. There's a... Pennsylvania case that was uh, we wanted heard by the Supreme Court about their election law. I'll explain the details of it in a minute in a Wall Street Journal piece. But the case is important. It's very simple. Pennsylvania changed their election law in the 2020 election illegally and unconstitutionally. There is a way to change election law. And Pennsylvania said double barreled. We're not changing it that way. We're just going to change it our way. Well, that case should have been heard by the Supreme Court. Now it won't be. Because Gorsuch, Alito, and Clarence Thomas thought it should, and the other justices on the Supreme Court, including Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, and others, and the liberals were like, nah, we don't need to hear important things like, you know, Joe, election law changes that are Ah. unconstitutional. (laughs) Who cares about that kind of—that election law, we'll change it when we want. Constitution smonstitution. So here is Clarence Thomas's dissent, because the majority said we're not going to hear that case about unconstitutional Pennsylvania law changes. And it is just another Clarence Thomas beauty. Someone needs to put together a book of Clarence Thomas dissents. Here it is. Quote Clarence Thomas. <laughs> this is, I'm sorry, folks, this is great. Cherish every word of this because we're going to this man's not going to be around forever, and the country's going to be a far worse place without him. Clarence Thomas. Quote, one wonders what this court waits for. We failed to settle this dispute before the election and thus provide clear rules. Now we again fail to provide clear rules for future elections. The decision to leave election law hidden beneath a shroud of doubt is baffling. By doing nothing, we invite further confusion and erosion of voter confidence. Our fellow citizens deserve better and expect more of us. I respectfully dissent. Folks, on a very serious note, this guy's a national hero. All the junk and garbage this, this, this icon of American jurisprudence has had to put up with over decades, Clarence Thomas, the racist, disgusting, filthy attacks on this man, the grotesque, the, 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 the I mean, can you imagine being Clarence Thomas and being a loyal, faithful servant to the Constitution And for decades of your life being called the most disgusting, filthy things. This man's a hero. A genuine American hero. And when he's gone, this country, there's not going to be a replacement. I want to thank Alito and Gorsuch too, but Clarence Thomas's dissent, that one paragraph is a thing of beauty. So Clarence Thomas is basically saying, so Pennsylvania illegally and unconstitutionally changed their election laws right before the election. They didn't want to decide anything, the Supreme Court before the election, because they were like, Joe, the election hasn't happened. So there's no standing. And then after the election, the Supreme Court outside of Thomas and the other smart ones, Alito and Gorsuch, their logic after the election, Joe, was, well, the election's already over and it wouldn't have changed anything. So Thomas is like, well, okay, the gavel, uh, the ruling is in. What the hell's the point of the Supreme Court? Yep. So there's a constitution that dictates how we should change election laws. Before the election, Pennsylvania ignored it. And the John Roberts wing of the court was like, ah, nothing's really happened yet. We haven't had an election. So there's no standing in our court. Okay. And then when there is standing, because Donald Trump loses Pennsylvania, and we're not really sure if some of the votes there were legitimate or not, they're like, it's not enough votes where it would have changed things. So let's disregard anyway. Thomas is like, then what the hell's the point? What's the point of a constitution or the courts then? The man's a genius, a genius. But I promised Guy I would not spend too much time on any one subject. So what happened in the case? The Wall Street Journal has it summed up pretty nicely to their editorial board. The court won't end election anarchy. The justices demure on a case over Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's 10,000 late ballots. Keep in mind, it's the Wall Street Journal. They're not even like right-leaning anymore. They're a best centrist. And even they're like, what's the purpose of the Supreme Court if they're not going to decide this case? Here's what happened. Quote, Wall Street Journal, the Constitution gives state legislatures the power to decide the, quote, manner of elections. But courts and officials last year ignored the black letter law. Joe, clear as day. The Constitution, state legislatures have the power, not the courts and not other bureaucrats. You clear on that? Not hard, mm-hmm. right, Joe? No. Pretty clear. Yeah. The Constitution says, well, Pennsylvania ignored that. Pennsylvania legislators unambiguously said mail-in ballots were due by 8 p.m. on November 3rd. That's what they said. Yet the state Supreme Court, I didn't read that, Joe, in the Constitution where it says courts will decide election law. Not what the Constitution says. Just checking. Mm. Not what the Constitution says. Verdict is in again. That sounds like BS. Yet the Pennsylvania State uh, Supreme Court, gesturing at a vague guarantee of free and equal elections, ruled that late-arriving votes would be valid through November 6th, even without proof of when they were mailed. Well, that's weird, because that's not what the legislature in Pennsylvania said. None of In total, 10,097 tardy ballots showed up, 669 lacking legible postmarks. That's plenty to create havoc in a tighter election. Uh, I, 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 is everybody following here so we have a supreme court of the united states that's supposed to determine the constitutionality of laws we have law based in our constitution that the state legislatures determine the quote manner of elections the pennsylvania supreme court says again double barreled we don't really care what the constitution says. we're going to change the law ourselves The case then goes to the Supreme Court who's supposed to say, hey, we have a constitution. This is unconstitutional. And the Supreme Court says, nah, we're gonna, where's the football? We're gonna pass. Thank you. Thank God for Clarence Thomas saying, no thanks. (laughs) Let me play this video next. So Merrick Garland, speaking of the Supreme Court, did I do a rundown for you guys today? I did, right? We have Merrick Garland up next, right? And then the Washingtonian thing? Okay, because you got some other stuff up there now. Sorry, guys. I got to do a specific rundown before the show because sometimes I put these stories in order for a reason here. It looks like a genius move now, keeping Merrick Garland uh, Merrick Garland off the Supreme Court. Listen, I'm no huge fan of McConnell right now, but blocking Merrick Garland from getting appointed or uh, nominated, well, he was nominated by Obama and confirmed this Supreme Court now looks like a genius move. Why? Because we never got to hear from Merrick Garland. And Joe, what did we hear about Merrick Garland when Barack Obama nominated him and McConnell blocked mm-hmm. him? What did we hear? Oh, he's a centrist. Mm-hmm. He's a total centrist. This guy's a down-the-middle centrist, Joe. He's not a hard partisan. Ha! <laughs> This is now looking hilarious as Merrick Garland has been nominated by Joe Biden to be our attorney general and is now forced to answer questions. Genius move, keeping this guy off the Supreme Court, which is bad enough as is, as we heard from the last story. Hence, you get the segue there. Here's video yesterday of Merrick Garland being questioned about <laughs> Joe, not a joke. He's going to be the attorney general. Yes, we have laws. I know you get to look because you've seen it already. But... We have laws about immigration, like how you could come into the country. And Merrick Garland, the attorney general, seems either unaware of the law, pretending to be stupid about the law, or has gone full-blown radical leftist and wants to ignore immigration law altogether as the attorney general. I want you to pay attention to this clip. I want you to pay attention to two things. One, his obvious, ridiculous answer about illegal immigration. But secondly, what do they tell you in talk radio, Joe, all the time? don't say um a lot Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) listen to how many what can you can someone at home keep a judy maybe audience archivist can you keep track in this segment of how many ums and ahs and ums merrick garland has in this segment because he's uncomfortable as the attorney general nominee answering questions if he's going to do a crazy thing like actually enforce the law check this out
1: do you believe that illegal entry at america's border should remain a crime well, I haven't thought about uh, that question, uh, uh, I just haven't thought about that question. I, I, I think, the, you know, the, the president has uh, made clear that we are a country of, uh, with the borders and with a concern about national security. Um, I don't know of a proposal to uh, decriminalize but still make it uh, unlawful to enter. I just don't know the answer to that question, I haven't thought about it. Um, it, will you
0: continue to prosecute on un, unlawful border crossings
1: well uh, this is again a, a question of allocation of resources um, um, we will uh, uh, the department uh, will uh, uh, prevent unlawful um, uh, crossing um, i don't know i you know i I, I have to admit i just don't under, uh, know exactly what the conditions are and how this is uh, uh, done i think if um, um, I don't know what the current program even is with respect to this. If So I assume that the answer would be yes.
0: Paula's guess. The over under folks. The over under is 120. What the hell was that? The only people who, uh ah, and um, that much are people who are anxious and uncomfortable. Right, Joe? You've been in talk radio, what, 20 plus years, longer than, right? People who are nervous on the radio and talk radio use um and ah because they don't know what to say next and it buys them space and time and it lets them breathe, right? Very, yeah. Garland's clearly nervous because he's asked a simple question like, hey, I got this crazy idea. Um, You're going to be the attorney general. Do you think we should enforce immigration laws? He's like- Oh, uh, uh, it sounds like he needs like an X-lax because he doesn't want to answer the question, which is a simple answer. Yeah, I'm the attorney general. We have immigration laws. I should probably enforce those. The fact that he can't answer that tells you everything you need to know about Merrick Garland. Thank the Lord almighty, this guy. And I'm not kidding. This guy was not on the Supreme Court. Unfortunately, we may have to deal with him as attorney general, which isn't much better right now. But remember, oh my gosh, he's such a centrist. <laughs> centrist. He doesn't even want to enforce immigration law. And then, Joe, I love the line in there at the end. He's like, "Yeah, I don't really, I don't really know much about you. Don't, yeah. <laughs> you don't really know much about it." We were like looking for a video guy to help us out, hence the expansion of our team. We talking about, you know, can you imagine coming in for the job interview? Hey, uh, you have any experience with this like black magic stuff and whatever, Mind Hunter crap? I don't know what the programs we use, Cold Fusion, they're all kinds of crazy names. And you say, no, I don't know, any, I don't know squad about video, um, but I can learn. I'll figure it out on the job. You'd be like, dude, why are you here for this interview? Uh, he's sitting there for a job interview for attorney general. He's like, uh, I haven't really looked into immigration law. Maybe this spot isn't for you, dude. Maybe it's not for you. Like, you have one job. You're the attorney general. Enforce the laws of the United States. Answering a question with 120, according to Paula, ooms, ahs, and ahs, and then saying, hey, what the hell? I don't know anything about immigration law. Probably not a good approach. Just throwing that. But Democrats love it because ignorance is bliss uh, for Democrats. They love it. They live in their fantasy land, their mushroom, magic mushroom-induced bliss of liberalism. Stupid is fun. We don't know anything. This is great oh my gosh we're gonna get to i don't know at this pace who knows (laughs) i had more merrick garland at the end the most frightening piece hopefully i'll get to it everybody's trying to move me along but you know i do me that's why it's the dan bongino show all right let me get to my third sponsor today's show brought to you by our friends at headspace hey wouldn't it be great uh, it would be great and i this is my new go-to now wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep focus act be a better person there is I've had to use this a lot. I need to go tranquilo sometimes, folks. It's tough for me to calm down. If you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Certainly change mine. You know, I'm very selective about my sponsors. And Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. It really does help ground you. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. You need some help falling asleep? I know some people who need some help falling asleep. Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by, me included. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600 thousand five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made super simple. Go to, here's the URL, folks, headspace.com slash Bongino. That's headspace.com slash Bongino for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. Go today. You will not regret it. Headspace.com slash Bongino. <coughs> Sorry, a little cough today. I'm not sick, I promise. All right, Um, I-, I wanted to put this hilarious Washingtonian piece up. I saw this on a social media account of Raheem Kassam who does some good work over at National Pulse. So the Washingtonian did this uh, hit piece on. Uh, it's attempted hit piece on Donald Trump. And the piece is hilarious on its face. I have a screenshot from it here. And they interview people at the Trump hotel, uh, the Trump DC hotel. And it's meant to be, oh my gosh, Trump, he manages it. He, he doesn't even manage the Trump hotels managed by the Trump organization, but they're like, they're so terrible. Working there is so awful. Listen to how bad it is. So Raheem Kassana this screenshot up on his uh, social media feed and you're reading it and you're like, uh, what? Like, I, doesn't sound so bad to me. Let me see. What does it say? Sorry, because it's not on my. Here it is. I'm, I'm going to read it from my phone. It's not up there. I must have forgot to send it to him. So, Joe, this is it. Get ready for it. This is how bad it is to work at the at the at the Trump Hotel. So it says the employees clocked in because the place paid really well, really well. They emphasize that really well. M- Michael Michael Rivera, a former bartender at the lobby bar, said he pulled in more than a hundred k a year with tips. Well. Joe, how does he do it? Yeah. This is real. This is this is the hit piece. He says it's at least 30,000 more than he made it to Hey Adams. How does he do it, Joe? This is like, I mean really, this is like indentured servitude. Miguel said it's the best paying job he's ever had in his 25 year career. It gets better, Joe, the horror. <laughs> he says it had generous health benefits to boot. Yep. A comment echoed by other ex-employees, "My God, how do you do it? The torture. It goes on. This is how horrible it is to work for Trump. This is a hit piece, by the way, a hit piece. Quote, people's awful right-wing clientele, Joe, at the Trump Hotel. You know how terrible they are. (laughs) This is Rivera. He says, quote, people would literally come up to me and give me $100 bills and be like, you must be the best bartender in the world if you work here. How do you do it? How do you do it? Working for the Trump organization sounds horrible, $100,000 $100,000 bartending gig, 30000 more than you made anywhere else. Everybody comes up to you and tells you how great you are and drops you $100 tips and they give you awesome health benefits, which every other employee thinks is great too. How do you do it, folks? How do you do it? I have no idea. <laughs> what, are you, what are you laughing at? I know. My wife, no, I know. <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't because I don't sound like I'm patting myself on the back. Ah, let me just say, I love to, t- I listen, I grew up really poor. If my, can I have a mo- point of personal privilege? I know, Listen, I know personal, so I don't like to waste your time. I got a lose to get through, but I grew up pretty poor. So did Paula, like a lot more, a lot poorer than I did. But I don't want to say, poor. we just grew up lower middle class, whatever. I like to tip people a lot, like a lot, because I just like to, I know. Ah, you're signaling, ah, maybe, whatever. I don't care. You're part of my show and I just feel like it's right. right? And uh, I know conservatives do that too. They do. How do I know that? Because I stayed at the Trump Hotel in D.C. and I've gotten very friendly with the staff there. They know you by name when you come in. And they've told me repeatedly that it's the best tipping place they've ever been at. Kind of weird, right, Joe? Because, again, going back to the beginning of the show, I heard liberals were the party of generosity and the little guy. Kind of weird how uh, the conservative yeah. hotel is the best tipping place in D.C. Strange, right? I Strange. didn't even <laughs> intend that little segue back to the beginning and figure eight stuff, but just weird how that is. All right, moving on. Fauci, Fauci alert. We need a Fauci bell, like a different bell for Because I'm, I'm. I listen, I, I had to the chagrin of many in my listening audience, I have deferred on Fauci for a long time, even though some of Doctor Fauci's recommendations have been atrocious. I have not really bashed Fauci. I don't know. Maybe it's a bad call. Maybe I should have, but I didn't. I've largely stayed away, but I'm tiring rapidly of Dr. Anthony Fauci. Um, He says completely contradictory things. Some of the things he says are absolutely absurd, in my opinion. Um, Some of the things Anthony Fauci says are absurd because Anthony Fauci said the opposite before. You know, Anthony Fauci was a big advocate for no masks, then became a big advocate for masks, then became a bigger advocate for two masks. He's all over the place. But I appeared on Hannity last night, the Sean Hannity show, and experts like Anthony Fauci have showed us why we can't always rely on experts. I'm not saying that expertise is irrelevant. It's not. Um, There are experts in certain areas whose information is quite valuable. Science is valuable. The opinion of scientists who know what they're doing is quite valuable. But ladies and gentlemen, throwing out common sense in a blind allegiance to experts who sadly are frequently wrong is a recipe for a new dark age. And we are moving into that dark age now. And I appeared on Hannity last night talking about Fauci. And I made the point that we've thrown risk analysis out the window. We have entirely thrown risk analysis out the window in this modern coronavirus society by saying ridiculous things like, we can't put a price on a human life. Ladies and gentlemen, you do that in your life every single day. I made this point all the time. We live in a society laden with risk from viruses, bacteria, car accidents, plane accidents, crime, homicide, you live in that society right now. You take risk on every, we've thrown that out the window with ridiculous statements like, oh my gosh, we can't have this. We can't send kids back to school because it's not worth one human life. You send kids back to school during a flu outbreak every year. We've thrown risk analysis out the window. Why? Because we now live in a fear economy. Dr. Scott Atlas, someone I really respect, an actual expert, was on Laura Ingram's show last night. Is Fauci right now on the news? Right now, here he goes. Fauci, this is not a joke. Headline: Look at this. Fauci criticized for mixed messaging on vaccines. It never ends with this guy. Here's a video of Dr. Scott Atlas on with Laura Ingram last night. A really brilliant guy saying how, hey, listen, science is great and all, but maybe we should start questioning things. Like they've been wrong about everything, like super spreaders. They've been wrong about these new variants. The super spreader events. We're all going to die after Christmas. Didn't happen. The South African variant. We're all going to die. Didn't happen. Masks. You need two masks and we're all going to die. Not happening. Schools. You can't open schools. Too much risk. Here's Atlas explaining how this is nothing but fear porn right now. And maybe job security for the experts who aren't interested in real expertise, but are just interested in preserving their own reputations. Check this out.
2: There's not only no accountability, there's a repetition of stuff as if it were never proven wrong. I mean, we're seeing it with the schools. We see it with all these super spreader, you know, things that you just said. We're hearing just waffling on things because I think you're right. People have a lot of pressure and that's understandable. They don't want to be wrong, except they're instilling fear. When you look at the American media in particular, and part of it is these interviews where people keep stressing what we don't know, what might happen. And we know so much, like you pointed out, about the variants. There's no evidence that there's some kind of massive spike due to these variants. There's no evidence that there's increased lethality. But we have American uh, stories. If you look at the data from the National Bureau of Economic Research, over 90% of American stories were negative and therefore fear-invoking, whereas in Europe, just over 50%. That has an impact. And at this point, when you have people that keep repeating that kind of stuff, misinformation, totally ignoring the science on the masks actually, completely ignoring, and therefore pushing false information. They're instilling fear, and that's what's worrisome here. Because when you look at the data on the surveys, over 70% of Americans say they will wear a mask after the pandemic is over. That's very frightening. We have a damaged American psyche, and it's due to these public health officials that are just really not saying the real data, probably because yeah. they don't want to admit that they were so wrong.
0: Amen, brother Scott. Do you hear what he's saying there, folks? There's a reason I open up the segment the way I did. Why have we thrown risk analysis out the window? Why has the same society of Americans, right? It's the same group of people. I mean, you've had a Probably a couple hundred thousand newborns, but it's roughly the same place we were a year ago, right? People coming in, immigration, emigration, but roughly the same group of 330 million people. Why is the same group of people who just before the outbreak of the coronavirus flew on planes, handled themselves during flu outbreaks, handled themselves during the swine flu, handled themselves during Ebola? drives cars every day. Why was that same group of people perfectly capable of analyzing risk and taking appropriate precautions before the coronavirus? But after the coronavirus, all of a sudden, we've thrown all that out the window. We want to lock down the economy, crush businesses, keep our kids out of school, destroy their futures, all to prevent the spread of a virus that has, for people at least who are younger and healthy, a 99% survival rate. Why would we do that? Well, he just gave you the answer, Joe. Why? Why? Because the media engages in fear porn. The new variants are going to kill you. The South African thing, you'll be dead in a minute. Send your kid back to school. They're in high danger, heavy danger. They are. They are. Wear two masks or it's over. People hear this. You know, not everybody has time to go and look at PubMed and do research if what they're hearing is true. They don't have the time. They have lives. They hear this over and over on fear porn channels. And from fear porn purveyors, sadly, people like Fauci now, who is now on my list of of, seriously of people I'm going to question every single time, every single time. I try to question everyone. But again, why I gave this guy a pass for as long as I did, I don't know. I get it. I'm mad at myself. You don't have to be mad at me for it. I'm mad enough. Because they were preserving their reputations. They told you this was the the, the deadliest thing. It is deadly for a lot of people. It is. But the hard reality is a lot of things are deadly. And because they made you believe in many cases, it's deadlier than it is for people who are young and healthy. You have people making ridiculous decisions like keeping their kids out of school. Expertise is dying. And I'm sorry to say that. All right, I've got, uh, I'm going to get to this, which is good because everyone will get upset at me. I've got another video, Merrick Garland. This is the most frightening video from yesterday's. It's short from yesterday's Merrick Garland hearing, our new nominee for attorney general. This should scare everyone. And when you combine it with this letter from Congress and this New York Times piece, folks, we are entering into dangerous, dangerous, useful idiot territory right now. All right. Our final sponsor today, our friends at Podium. Listen, in the face of change, local businesses are using Podium to grow stronger than ever. Podium gives your business the messaging tools to turn your website into a thriving storefront. Connect with leads, customers, and teammates as easily as text messaging. And when you close the deal, Podium even makes it easy to get paid contact-free over text. Podium is the ultimate messaging platform for local businesses. With Podium Reviews, you can easily text your customers to leave an online review, which improves your search rankings. Podium Web Chat lets website visitors text with your team right from your homepage. Meet with customers from anywhere with Podium Video Chat. Get paid fast over text with Podium Payments. What a deal. Podium Inbox brings it all together. It keeps leads warm and responds to feedback all in one place. RPM Alamo increased business by 20%. They said, we've generated more revenue, decreased vacancy rates, and pulled in more leads than we could have in multiple years. That's priceless. Tony, owner of RPM Alamo. America's Carmark collected 21,000 leads through web chat. They said, before Podium, we had a contact us form. Could have been days before anybody got back to that customer. Our response time has been cut down to minutes. That's TJ, digital experience at America's Car Mart. Find out how Podium can help your business reach more customers. Get started free today. Get the URL right. Podium.com slash Bongino. That's Podium, P-O-D-I-U-M.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. Podium.com slash Bongino. Don't waste a a great opportunity. This is a terrific opportunity. Increase your business. Podium.com slash Bongino. All right, getting back to the show. So don't you find it fascinating the articles that the Trump era media and liberals tried to propagandize us with that have now completely, totally fallen apart? Joe, remember the Trump's a tyrant, authoritarian, fascist, yeah. Pseudo-monarch. He is. Some authoritarian Trump is. He's not in office. He's, I had to write this down. He's current. This is the authoritarian Trump. The king, Joe, the king, the emperor, we should call him. Uh, pretty amazing considering, again, he's not in office. He's been censored, silenced on social media, and relentlessly attacked openly by the media um, and liberals. Probably the worst authoritarian we've ever seen. Not very skilled at being a tyrant fascist. Censored, not in office, silenced pretty much everywhere he talks, and attacked openly by people who claim they can't attack him because he's a fascist. Weird. Now, what's the hallmark of the lying liberal left and their scammers in the media? Well, the hallmark of the left is they always accuse you of what they're doing. Who are really the authoritarians right now, Joe? The Trump? Hmm. Kind of weird, like the data doesn't really add up there. But you know what's really strange? Um, I think the authoritarians are the left, are the leftist communists, um, including Merrick Garland, who seems to have a communist streak himself. So he was asked yesterday at his hearing for attorney general, they were talking about the current misinformation climate. Misinformation, which by the way, folks, when he says the word, understand misinformation is a code word for conservative thought and ideas. It doesn't really mean misinformation. You understand that, right? So he's asked about what they want to do about misinformation. Keep in mind, this is going to be the attorney general, the um ah guy, who has no idea what our immigration laws are. But he's very clear on what he wants to do about misinformation, to use it as a cudgel to push leftist totalitarianism. Check this out.
1: I, I don't have in mind particular legislation in this area. I do think that um, an important part of the investigation of uh, violent extremist groups is following their activities uh, online and getting an idea of uh, what kind of information and misinformation um, is is uh, being put out. What
0: he really means there, folks, is, gosh, we really got to crack down on those conservatives and their Facebook pages and Twitter stuff. Trust me. Trust me. That's exactly what he's saying. It's couched in nice. Oh, my gosh, we got to get rid of these violent extremists. Yeah, granted, everybody wants to do that. But that's not what he's talking about. How do I know that? Well, because Garland's clearly a leftist and leftists in Congress are actually pushing for full-blown communist totalitarianism. You don't believe me? Here's an actual letter from two members of Congress asking cable carriers if they're planning to carry Fox News, Newsmax, and OAN. It's up on the screen right now. That's literally the Here's number seven, a letter from two liberal hacks in Congress. Question seven to cable carriers. Are you planning to continue carrying Fox News, Newsmax, and OAN on UVerse, DirecTV, AT&T TV, both now and beyond any contract renewal date? If so, why? Is this, <laughs> wow. Know. You're like, no, no, this isn't real. Wow, you, you're darn right. What? Yeah. Do you get the gravity of what's happening here, folks? Do you understand these are members of Congress now pressuring cable carriers to dump cable news channels entirely? Because they don't agree with, notice they're not asking about MSNBC and CNN who promoted the PP hoax, the Trump taxes hoax, all that. They're not asking about that. They're asking cable carriers and winking and not, be a real shame if your place burned down. Why are you guys still carrying that? You need to justify to us why. Ladies and gentlemen, we are entering a brave new world. And by brave new world, I mean all this Huxley-like dystopian brave new world. I don't mean brave new world in the context of the word brave like you would think American heroes like our military and police officers. Communists have always used useful idiots to usher in an era of totalitarian fascist authoritarianism, always, and useful idiots always step up. The left is now fully and thoroughly populated with useful idiots more than happy to usher in an era of totalitarian censorship and speech suppression on behalf of their liberal masters here's a new york times article they're proud of this they're not even worried about this new york times house democrats press cable providers on election fraud claims ha! it's hilarious notice how they throw that in there rachel adams or or ever seems pretty happy about that you know you you'd think they'd be like oh my gosh are House Democrats really pushing for speech suppression and to wipe cable news channels off the air because they have some conservative thought leaders on there? Man, that sounds really bad. No, no, not the tone of the article at all. Here's another one in case you think that's nah, not really getting that bad. We're back to book burning again, Joe. The Epic Times. You'll see the story in my show notes. Again, bongino.com slash newsletter. Amazon quietly removes book criticizing transgender ideology. We're back to book burning. Back to book burning again. You know how well that's where, you know what's really, really disturbing? Not a joke. This weekend I was, I went to the fair with my daughter, as I said, but before we went, you know, there was a few minutes we were sitting down as a weekend, I'm relaxing and, you know, I don't like the, it, it, my I mean, my daughter's nine, so I don't, I don't put any controversial TV on when she's watching with me. So I'm scrolling through the guide channel, Joe, and I'm looking like for a movie that's on that we can watch for a few minutes before we leave. And you know what was on, Joe? Remember Footloose? Not the remake, the, the original yeah. one, the Kevin Bacon version. Mm-hmm. Everybody's seen that movie. Um, and there's a scene in the movie where the preacher father who bans dancing in 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 the town he starts to realize that his desire to crush freedom and 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 the kids' ability to dance that's what the movie's about they can't dance dancing's banned in the town the father starts to realize gosh I'm becoming what I said I hated most and you know what that moment is go watch the movie again you'll see it there's a scene when the town that he he's a, he's a, uh, a political leader in the town as well as a preacher. There's a scene when a lot of uh, residents of the town, they run in the library and they start pulling books out and throwing them in a burning garbage can. And the father, who's the preacher, who's responsible for this anti-dancing law, rushes out and realizes in this moment of illumination where things just become crystal clear. My gosh, I'm part of this. It's a great scene, older movie, but are the liberals going to have that moment? where they start to realize that the totalitarian fascist communists that they say they fear most, that they're it? The answer is yes, because one of them's having that moment right now. Listen, I rarely play clips over two minutes, especially at the end of the show, but you need to see this one. A leftist, Naomi Wolf, left a Democrat. Matter of fact, a former advisor to Democrats, was on a Tucker Carlson show last night. That's right, on Fox. This is a leftist who's starting to realize quickly that the left is being used as useful idiots to usher in a very dangerous era, the evaporation of freedoms, and she got tired of being used. This is Democrat Naomi Wolf saying, hey, listen, this isn't right. Things are changing really quickly. And if we don't stop this, we're going to be looking at a very dangerous future. Check this out.
3: Government power, which is really characteristic of Italian fascism in the 20s, um, and they're they're using that to engage in kind of emergency orders that that simply strip us of our rights, rights to property, rights to assembly, rights to worship, and all of the rights that our Constitution guarantees. So people are definitely horrified and noticing. I think people are shocked and and divided, as I mentioned before. And the other thing that happened is you said this has all been very sudden. Um, And when you look back, you know, March of 2020, a lot of things started to move that kind of locked into place, a set of policies that are kind of 360-degree full-on right. totalitarian policies. So I think a lot of us are kind of in culture shock. Uh, luckily or unluckily, I've been studying closing democracies for 12 years. So I recognized early on, you know, once once I realized New York State had emergency powers, I know from history that no one gives up emergency powers willingly. Right. Uh, they always drag it on and drag it on. And so every month I'm getting in my email an announcement that Governor Cuomo is extending emergency measures, extending emergency measures, Uh, Only from studying history do I know how predictable it is when you start to have um, elected officials say we are not going to follow the Constitution because there's a pandemic. And I just want to say lastly, and then I promise I'll stop, um, nowhere in the Constitution does it say all this can be suspended if there's a bad disease. We have lived through... Typhus, cholera, smallpox, HIV, tuberculosis, polio, the Spanish flu. You know, we've lived through an attack on our soil. Never have there been months and months and months of emergency powers when we weren't actually fighting a war. So um, this is completely unprecedented. Lockdowns have never been done before in free societies. And really, we're turning into a version of a a totalitarian state sort of before everyone's eyes. And I, I really hope... You know, we wake up quickly because history also shows that it's a a small window in which people can fight back before it's too dangerous to fight back.
2: Man, I'm starting to think that we're being divided as a country precisely so we don't have conversations like this.
0: That window, folks, of opportunity to stop this creeping totalitarianism is closing. And thank God for people on the other side of the political aisle who we don't have to agree with but should respect for waking up and calling it out. The Glenn Greenwalls of the world, the Matt Taibis, the Naomi Wolfs, the leftists, who probably disagree with us on everything. Firearms, the Second Amendment, abortion, taxes. But have said, listen, I'm going to put my political disagreements aside for a moment. Because this is dangerous stuff. And I'm not going to be a part of it. We should salute their bravery in doing it. We don't have to agree with them. But we're going to need them in this fight. I wish more liberals would wake up. Hey, thanks again for tuning in. It was a loaded show today. Please subscribe to our video channel. We're really trying to get to uh, 1.5 million subscribers on Rumble. We're almost there. Rumble.com slash Bongino. It is free. It is the free speech alternative to YouTube. You can watch the video version of the show there. Rumble.com slash Bongino. And please make BonginoReport.com your home for morning news. It is your conservative alternative to the now fully left judge report bongino Report.com and rumble.com slash bongino really appreciate it we'll see you all tomorrow you just heard dan bongino